Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertility Up the Podcast. This is episode 189 called Kirsty Bryan. This episode is sponsored by Circle Surrogacy. As so many of us listening today know, facing infertility and having to go with a plan B for how you become a parent can be emotionally and physically heartbreaking. When you're ready to explore your options, Circle Surrogacy and Egg Donation is ready to hear your story and to talk about all the different options for parenthood. Circle offers a variety of programs that fit your needs, and they have a 99.3% success rate for parents. Plus, 44% of Circle staff has gone through personal experience as surrogates, egg donors, or parents through surrogacy, IVF, or adoption. Circle has licensed social workers on staff who support intended parents, as well as private parent networking groups, so you can connect with other parents going through similar experiences. If you would like to learn more about surrogacy and egg donation, check out Circle's parent team. They are ready to help you. To learn more, go to circlesurrogacy.com or call the Circle team at 617-439-9900. Again, that's circlesurrogacy.com or call them at 617-439-9900. Thanks, Circle. Today's episode is sponsored by Extend Fertility. Since we're talking about taking charge of your fertility, knowing what's happening in your body and your fertility treatment options when trying naturally isn't going the way you planned, it only makes sense for me to partner with Extend Fertility, a fertility clinic based in the heart of Manhattan. Extend offers next generation care by combining exceptional clinic experience with a small practice environment where your needs are their main focus. Extend Fertility was founded on the premise that democratizing fertility care could ultimately change the industry and deliver better results. Since they started offering all infertility treatment options, Extend Fertility has helped thousands of patients on their fertility journeys, putting them in charge of their fertility future instead of letting time dictate the path. Extend wants to make all fertility services within reach financially, offering rates 40% below the national average cost. Extend Fertility also believes in being personal and data-driven. They're passionate about delivering fertility care in a more compassionate and transparent way. And to help proactively explore your fertility options, Extend has an exclusive offer for all infertile AF listeners. If you schedule a consultation with Extend and mention that you're an infertile AF listener, you will receive $500 off your first IVF or egg freezing cycle. You guys, that's huge, 500 bucks off. So like we said, accessibility is very important to them. To schedule your consultation and to learn more, visit extendfertility.com. Again, it's extendfertility.com for $500 off your first IVF or egg freezing cycle when you mention infertile AF. Thanks, Extend, and thanks, Dr. Klein. Today's episode is sponsored by Prove, a women's health company dedicated to providing information and solutions on key fertility hormones so they can reach their goals faster. Prove founder Amy Beckley, PhD, invented the first and only FDA-cleared PDG test after her own battle with infertility. When she learned that her seven miscarriages and two rounds of IVF could have been prevented by an inexpensive progesterone supplement, she set out to help other women better understand the success of their ovulation from home. Prove's newest kit, Complete, allows women to measure all four key cycle hormones that impact conception from the comfort of home so they can get pregnant faster. 
With just one test kit, you can better understand ovarian reserve, identify up to six fertile days, and check for successful ovulation. And now the free Prove Insight app takes your hormone knowledge one step further by providing numeric hormone levels, info about what they mean, and personalized action plans to help you reach your fertility goals faster. That's not all, guys. Prove also offers an entire suite of at-home hormone tests and hormone-supporting products to empower you with the right information on your journey. Okay, so you know I love female-founded companies and products that can truly benefit anybody battling infertility. So definitely check out Prove. It's spelled P-R-O-O-V. You can go to provetest.com, P-R-O-O-V-T-E-S-T.com, and you can enter the code Allie25 and you'll get 25% off your first Prove order of $25 or more. Again, Infertile AF listeners are getting a special discount code. So go to provetest.com, P-R-O-O-V-T-E-S-T.com, enter the code Allie25, A-L-I-25, and you'll get 25% off your first Prove order of $25 or more. Thanks, Prove. This episode is supported by Receptiva DX. The Receptiva DX test can help couples struggling with unexplained infertility. Getting pregnant isn't easy, as so many of you know. Many couples struggle with infertility, and unexplained infertility can be particularly frustrating. Women facing unsuccessful IVF may not know that endometriosis is the underlying cause, a disease that can impact the success rates of IVF treatments and often has no symptoms. The Receptiva DX test can help identify endometriosis before an embryo transfer, and it has the potential to save women the stress anxiety, and cost of multiple failed IVF attempts. The good news is multiple studies show treatment of women with a positive Receptiva DX test improves live birth outcomes by over 50%. Receptiva DX can detect all stages of endometriosis and help women make better decisions in planning for pregnancy. You can learn more at ReceptivaDX.com or download their app, which is also called Receptiva DX. Okay, guys. So today I'm talking to an absolutely incredible woman. She's super dynamic, super creative, huge advocate for other women. Her name is Kirsty Bryan. She's an actress. She's a director. She recently starred in Tales of the Walking Dead, and she also has directed an incredible short film called Egg Party, which just came out and which tackles the incredibly tough topic of pregnancy and infertility. So she's going to talk about that today on the show. So in the movie, which is really interesting and cool, and I've watched it like three times already, it's about six women in their late 30s who are gathering together for a not-so-sober afternoon to laugh and dye Easter eggs and to contemplate their fertility. So I don't want to give anything else away, but Kirsty and I are going to talk about her movie, and I'm also going to talk to her about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. We're going to talk about maternal health and how we can improve the situation for women everywhere. And we're going to talk about where Kirsty is now when it comes to family building. So without further ado, this is Kirsty's fertility story. So, Kirsty, how are you? Thank you so much oh, for doing this. Allie, thank you so much. Why am I shouting? <laughs> I'm excited. 
I'm excited I, I actually to have been um, anxious about this because I was just so excited to be part of it. And, oh, good. And, and so enjoyed listening to all these conversations you've been having. I can't believe you've listened to the podcast. Thank you so much. That means I so wouldn't much to I, me. And also just to hear all the stories and the, yeah, it's that, that's basically why I got in, got into it is just, I was so, well, for many reasons and we'll get into those, but yeah. Right. Well, let's start with your new short film. It's called egg party. I watched it this morning. It's so good and it's so relatable. So just instead of me telling people what it's about, how about you tell me, tell the listeners, what is it? Well, my hope is um, right away, listeners can watch it. It'll be available on- online. So no need to wait. But, I um, will link to it as well on all my social oh, media and link tree and okay. all that stuff. So the uh, egg party is about six 30 something women coming together for an egg decorating party in Brooklyn. Um, it's a not so sober event. And each <laughs> woman um, is He's, uh, you know, talking about their, you know, it's, it's a, a group of friends that are put together and they're laughing and they're talking about aging and, and not fertility and beauty and, you know, stuff that like just, they're just friends. But what we've done is, is each woman gets it, their own like portrait mm-hmm. and a portrait of what their egg is doing um, mm-hmm. that they're, they've been decorating. And so one portrait is, is a woman, you know, whose egg is on the back burner. One is, portrait of a woman who, um, and her egg is, you know, floating in a glass of red wine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then what we discover is that the group friends have all come together for their friend, Molly, who is, um, experiencing miscarriage and, and that they've actually come to, to be with her. Yeah. So that, that's the, it, it's a short film. It, it comes in under 10 minutes. <laughs> There's so much packed into that 10 minutes though. Like it's so layered and it's so well done. And you know, you're right there. There are these women that come together. It's very, it's almost like a fly on the wall experience because you're just kind of watching them hanging out and drinking and getting a little tipsy and talking about Botox. And, you know, it was, it's very realistic. You know, it's, it is like, if you went to a friend's house in Brooklyn. So tell me about when did you first get the idea? Cause the story was your idea and you directed this as well. Yeah. So this was, um, this was uh, my directorial debut, my normal, my normal. Congratulations. We need more female directors. I agree. And we need more female centered stories and that's kind of, but the idea actually was came um from an, a real life mm-hmm. uh egg decorating party that I'd been invited to I was in my uh, you know mid mid 30s and I had op- I had just been going through a breakup and I had put into my phone as I was like trying to find the ca- like you know the the address I had put into my phone dying egg party spelled wrong like dying versus you know right dying and Easter. Oh my yeah. god, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and I remember having this like I was like that is so bleak. <laughs> it is so bleak. <laughs> you're in the middle of a breakup and you're just like, "Oh man, what is happening with my life?" And so but I got there and it was a number of women that were shared they had been close friends for many years. I was a little bit of an outsider. Um they a lot of comedians were there and they were di- dying eggs, like decorating eggs and talking about things that I had never, you know, been able to say out of my face, which I think is what the gift of your podcast is as well, is that okay. so many people just, we, we don't have anybody to talk to about these things. And so, 
so at that same moment, a number of friends were were having this experience of miscarriage and, you know, just quietly, privately suffering. And so that I, I had this story idea of a bunch of women coming together and and they're all there for a friend. And at that same moment, um, one of my best friends, Ashton, and her writing partner, Claire Kennedy, so it's Ashton Heil, Claire Kennedy, they jumped on and helped me co-write co it. So they really like helped me flesh it out and and they're in the film. They're two beautiful actors that are in the film. Mm -hmm. But I decided, even though acting is my background, that I this felt right. Like I just knew exactly what I wanted to, to say with it directorially. So I stepped into that role and it was truly like one of the most satisfying experiences um, mm -hmm. to, to do. Did you guys film in New York? We filmed in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, we filmed uh, March 14th, 15th, 2020. Do you remember this weekend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the world shut down, right? <laughs> Just a little shut down. Yeah. Um, I was I was able to secure um, a Panavision first-time filmmaker grant. Um, the funny thing about Egg Party Amazing. is that it has had a lot of good energy with it. I don't know anybody that does something creative, like sometimes there's obstacles and then sometimes things are in flow. Mm -hmm. Egg party has been in flow the entire time. Wow. Just, we, it, it just to get fundraising, to get pe people just, uh, maybe you feel this about your podcast, but like people want to, want to be part of something like this because it's needed. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like we were really lucky. We were so lucky because so many things were going in our favor, even though there was a pandemic, you know, at our door. Uh, right. we, I mean, honestly, knowing what we know now, we would not have filmed that weekend. <laughs> right. But, you know, we did what we knew was like the CDC's recommendations. Totally. And nobody knew what was going the on windows the and we washed hands okay. and I you know aged 10 years as I called people like you know five days later seven days later 14 days later to make sure that we had all made it out healthy and we we did Good. but um so that's so we shot in Brooklyn remember those days when you're like scrubbing the box of Triscuits like coming home from the grocery store and like oh my gosh yes like wiping yes. everything we just didn't know nobody knew and that was so wild no Okay. So tell me the message of the part of the, of egg party is we trust you to choose. So tell me a little bit more about that and what that means to you and what yeah, kind of message you're so, trying to get out there. So honestly, we had a very, like I said, egg party has been in flow. So as a directorial debut, like that's a, that's a real gift because I, I have heard of like, you're trying to get it into the festival circuit. You're trying to just get it in front of an audience. We all get so much content every minute of the day. Um, but because the story, I think people sense the heart behind the story. We've had a good festival run. We, we won a number of audience awards. We've been nominated for a lot of design awards and, um, and there was a director nomination. Whoa. But, uh, Oh, Allie, what was your question? The question, <laughs> the question is that the message is like, we trust you. Oh, so what yes. would you say oh, about yes. the message? Okay, Allie. So this very critical event happened in June, 2022, uh, yes. when um, Roe was overturned and it became really, our, our little film became more prescient than we ever anticipated. And so each woman in this film 
is very distinct. And yes, it is a very short, but each one has made a very different choice with their lives. Um, what when when your listeners watch it, and I hope that they do, um, because it was made for them. Uh, each woman, you know, is in the flow of their life trying to figure out what they want to do with their creativity or you know their fertility. And so um it became apparent that we needed to just get this quickly to people. Um, you know, there's a way, I mean, there's a way to get content to people. You know, you, you can put it on Amazon and people pay 99 cents or, and the reality is like, we wouldn't reach the audiences we need if we put a paywall on. Mm-hmm. It's intended to give comfort to people um, and say that we stand with you. Um, you know, we stand, we stand sentinel alongside w- women and families that are, 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 you know, wanting motherhood through pregnancy. Uh, but also there's a series of characters in that piece that in our, in our egg party, that one in particular that doesn't want children and how controversial is that, you know, mm-hmm. how there are women in that they just don't feel that push. And then there's also a woman in, in the film that has put her eggs on ice, you know, she's mm-hmm. doing it in her time. And yes. then, um, so, and then there's another woman that's already had her children. And so, so it's like a very, it's each woman is doing something different. And what right. I think is neat about this group of friends is there's no judgment on where you're at. Like, so right. I think, that's why we felt Egg Party needed to live online. And our hope is that, you know, our ideal audience member was a woman in her bathroom watching it, mm-hmm. feeling, feeling not so alone. Totally. And then maybe sharing it with a friend. Yeah. Well, the one that, that rinse that, and repeat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could watch this over and over with friends and by yourself and with a partner, if you have one with a loved one, with a parent, you know, like to try to explain what's going on. I want, I definitely want to talk about Roe, you know, the overturning of Roe. But before that, one of the ones that really resonated with me was um, the character that you mentioned before, where it said she bought the perfect baby mobile like three years ago. And that was just like, oh, how many of us have done that, you know, going through infertility or just hopeful intended parents, you know, who haven't started yet, but like see something and you know, someday you want to be a parent. And then it just sits there in a box unopened because it's not happening for whatever reason. So that one, just like when that came up on the screen, her portrait, I was like, Oh, I feel that so deep. And I feel that so hard. So tell me a little bit more about that and why you felt that was important to convey. Yeah, no, I think that that's our final character, Molly, who we discover the whole party has really been come together for her because so when you see her and her portrait, she's there saying, you know, she's had this baby mobile for three years and it's still unopened. And and then you see a portrait of her egg and I don't want to reveal too much about yeah. what happened. I just realized like that wasn't yeah. a spoiler, was it? No, <laughs> no, not, not at all. Okay, I think good. it's actually exactly right to, for, for our listeners here mm-hmm. because um, this is again, what the movie was for was to give comfort to those at that moment mm-hmm. um, in, in the big question of what is, you know, what is happening. And I think, that that is the most heart-wrenching moment i think also egg party is an open question because mm-hmm. we don't know the answer of how it goes for molly 
Mm-hmm. We don't know the answer of how it goes for any of these women. And if another woman would suddenly, you know, next year be in Molly's shoes saying, you know, my career, no more. And now suddenly she's faced with infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, these things are, are big big questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like that. It's not wrapped up with a neat little bow at the end because so often that's not how life is, you know, especially with infertility. It's like you can do all the things and you still might not get the outcome you're hoping for. You know, we were, I host a fertility rally support group with my co-founder every Wednesday. So we had it last night. And that was one of the things we were talking about was like, infertility is the only thing that we could all think of. where like, you can do everything. You can work so hard. You can like, literally like, it's like studying for a test, you know, studying for exams, doing everything right. And you still might not have quote unquote success, whatever that means to you at the end. And I was, I was like, we're like, can we think of any other situation where that's the case? It's really like, sometimes it's just not an acting career, an acting career. Oh, really? Okay. Just kidding. Okay. I tease. I tease. No. Uh, no. I mean, there, there is, like, you know, it's like, I love how you say that because, you know, you, you, you have all your, you dot your I's, you cross mm-hmm. your T's and life is so gray. You know, yeah. we, live, we live in the gray and we don't want it. And the, and good people sometimes it, I, again, I don't know the outcome for Molly and her family in this right. story. What I have been really surprised by our audiences is I thought this was really going to be for women of a certain mm. age that, you know, were like me suddenly being like, oh my gosh, you know, and I was, a, I, I grew up in Colorado. So many of my friends had their kids really young, um, but I, I, I was in New York city and like, I woke up one day and I was like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> Did I miss a memo? You mean like egg freezing or just trying egg to freezing, have babies? Or, oh, thinking yeah. about these things. And yeah. then suddenly it was in my in my world that people were, were having, you know, were, were struggling. So I, I think that that's been, oh, the audiences. I, again, it was intended for, you know, women that were in that, that you know, question of motherhood and what to do, which you know, I think Roe has, has give, you know, put a a legal query in place there, but Mm -hmm. we had a lot of men. I had a lot of men approach me after our screenings more Mm -hmm. than I anticipated that spoke about their desire for parenthood. And actually I had a couple of friends I had coffee with and I, I did not know you know, the suffering of those wanting to be fathers if they're unpartnered mm. or and they don't know if that will ever be part of their story. Right. Or their partner is struggling and they, you know, it's so that for me was eye-opening. I had uh, someone also talk about how they had never seen women together like this as they see in our film right no women talked like this i mean that's my mom's like number one note she's like why do they say the f word all the time like ah. really what my mommy <laughs> took away from it. i was like mom there's a really much lot there's more happening in this yeah. film. she was that's like that's amazing why do they say the f word all the time that's amazing but, but the truth is is like i don't think we see enough content of very smart, strong women, you know, 
speaking together. Right. About and something that, that isn't a man. It is so cool. And again, you know, I said this before, but literally you packed so there's packed so much into this and I'm, I need to watch it again after we have this conversation, because I know I'm going to pick up on other things as well. And I think that's, what's so cool about this is that people can watch it over and over and in different circumstances and then different, you know, groups are alone, like we said. So, um, it really does like, there's a lot to it. So kudos to you on that. Let's talk about Roe, like in the wake of the Roe crisis. Let's go in. When, okay. So it's interesting that you started filming this, obviously, you know, early pandemic and then, you know, Roe wasn't overturned until later, but this has always been kind of lurking in the background, right? Like this potential that, you know, women's health was going to feel threatened or, you know, there might be some sort of crisis or overturning in the future. I think we've all kind of felt that uncertainty that this is not always going to be a guarantee that we can decide what we want to do with our own body and our own fertility. So tell me about, that was a long-winded question, (laughs) but tell me about, you know, why in the wake of the row overturning, this is even more important than ever. Yeah. I, I think for Roe, I agree with you. You know, just oddly, I had taken a course on the Supreme Court two semesters ago, and I had written my paper on Roe. So I was aware more structurally of the court and also of of the decision itself than I had ever been. And so as we were kind of tiptoeing into a way more conservative court, and each each of them had promised, you know, we'll never do this, we'll never do this. You know, we were, I was way aware that it was a real possibility that they could. I'm st- I continue to be shocked that they did, because that's mm-hmm. a very overarching decision to make for so many women's lives, families' lives, really. Um why Roe it was an imperfect decision. Um, you know, the the court that made that decision was also a political court. It was a liberal political court. And even our great Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said that we overstepped because the Supreme Court is not a is not a legislative body. They really shouldn't be making law. But we have had kind of an ineffective legislative body for about 50, 60 years. So all these pieces have that law has not been created to protect people. So they keep getting rushed to the Supreme Court and they make a decision and that be somehow becomes law of the land. Mm-hmm. What was interesting is historically, many states before Roe were already trending towards a much, much more, you know, abortion friendly or like choice. I want to say choice here, choice friendly situation. Mm-hmm. What Roe may or may not have caused, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg said this, it caused a backlash of mm-hmm. something that is now known as the pro-life movement. And mm-hmm. it became a, like kind of a rallying cry more so than I think was ever before. And so when they overturned Roe, I, we lost a right. Um, what, and, and states, women in different states are going to be protected differently. And this cannot be mm-hmm. what, um, what, I feel is it is it is clear to me that we need an equal rights amendment 
in the in the constitution so that regardless of the makeup of the court and the way that they read our our great document the US constitution mm-hmm. it will be so clear that legally a woman's constitutional rights w- cannot fall away yeah um I, it's a pregnant woman is a very complicated legal person because when do two citizens begin mm-hmm. i can't say mm-hmm. nor can ethicists moralists or lawyers they don't no one can agree and so yeah, speaking of living in the gray right like it's yeah, just so different depending gray. on who you ask so here we are in a patriarchal system that cannot assist women as legal persons because we actually do something miraculous we carry another person and so in a sense these laws were never made for us and so I am demanding better law. Yes. Because inevitably, yes, there's always going to be conservative bozos around. Like, that's just the way it is. And, <laughs> and also, there might be just people that disagree with me, and I'm willing to talk to pro-life friends. I believe so. I am not pro-abortion. I am pro-natalist policies that make it extraordinarily possible for parenthood to happen mm-hmm. so that that when because abortion is going to happen right so sorry data shows that it's going to happen so let's let's find there's good data also to show what brings those rates down right well there's also you know that area that we talk about a lot the infertility world where you know you have to terminate a pregnancy for medical reasons you mm-hmm. have to get an abortion or else mother or baby or both could die, you know? So that is one of those things that is very terrifying. I think as a patient and, you know, I'm done building my family, but I have so many friends who had to do that. And were like, if it were different and I weren't able to do that, I could have died or, you know, who knows what terrible things could have happened. So, you know, there's that aspect of it too. It's not just the abortion where someone goes out and gets pregnant and then decides they don't want to have the baby. There's medical reasons for abortion. And even, you know, a miscarriage, the the medical term for that is a spontaneous abortion, you know, when it stops growing. So like, there's so much gray. I, I love, I love that you're bringing this up because that I think is what the urgency we felt was the question about maternal health. Mm-hmm. It's right. People again, we'll talk about, you know, people have abortions for any number of reasons, and it's not my reason to judge. But what's right. happening is that women that actually do indeed want to keep their pregnancies and something happens, and your family's with you, it's the best medical choice available, the only medical choice available, and these doctors' hands are tied, and the woman may die. The, um, Grace Paley, I don't know if you know her, mm-hmm. the writer, uh, may I offer, she's, I think she's in her eighties now, but for some reason I had picked up a, a, a bunch of her essays and she wrote an essay in the forties oh, wow. about abortion. And she wrote about how, when she was, you know, she had very difficult pregnancies. And so she, in the thirties, and so she and her husband, when it was clear that she was they went to the doctor together and they were, you know, had to terminate the pregnancy. And then they put in a bunch of laws like anti-abortion laws in New York and, and 
suddenly all these women couldn't get care when they needed it. And she had some friends die. And this was in the forties. Yeah. Or they go, you know, to somebody shady that's willing, but like, you know, they're not getting proper care. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that, that was, you know, that was in the forties. Like wow. we've, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, and, and they, she was there with her husband, you know, like she would, they would have lost her. Yeah. I posted something the other day that I saw on planned parenthood and it was a graphic that just said, there's many reasons to get an abortion and they're all personal, like back the fuck off everyone else, you know, like, sorry, Kirstie's oh, mom. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> she, can fucking, she can fucking deal with it. She's great. Um, no, I love that. I love that because yeah. I mean, I just think of, I mean, Kirsty now, you know, has the question of motherhood looming over her mm-hmm. and sitting with women that have been, you know, struggling or sitting with women that are with their children or something like that. It's like, you know, I'm now like, kind of like, oh man, what, what, where's my future on this? And it's yeah. like, how, how can I take the best care I can? Because right now I'm kind of in that moment of like, I'd like to continue directing. Uh, my acting career is, 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 I've had a very full year with my right. acting career. When do you do this? Right. Get, yeah. I, I'd love to unpack that a little bit more. Tell yeah. me where, if you don't mind, share, can yeah, you share sure. with us where you are with that mentally, physically, all that? You know, I think that like every woman, you step into your doctor in your thirties every time and go, just checking in, just checking in. Like, right. how, and of course a New York doctor is going to say something very different than my Colorado. Doctor. Totally. Like, I think my gyno in New York was like, are, are you 40 yet? You'll be fine. We'll talk. We'll talk when you're 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, like, okay. No, but that's, it's so funny, like, Christy. Cause yeah. I moved from Chicago to New York when I was 29 on the verge of turning 30 and all my friends in Chicago, you know, my college friends and stuff had started having babies and I moved around that time. So we put it off because we were like new city, new, everything, new friends, you know, new lives. We can't have a baby right now. I don't even know how to ride the subway, you know? So we put it off and off. And in New York, that was totally understandable. And that's just kind of how the culture is. So it's funny that you say that, you know, and that's why I I feel like I found myself in the secondary infertility position because I didn't even start trying for baby number two until I was like 37, having no idea what was happening to me physically as I reached my mid to late thirties. I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's, these are the big queries of the world. And then, and that's in egg party. I think that's like, you know, it's like we, a bunch of very busy, extraordinary women trying to make something with their lives. And then suddenly you wake up and you're like, but this is a meaningful part of my life that I want. Right. Like, and so I think I cut you off. So back to you, no, if you, you don't didn't. mind. Yeah. You didn't at all. Um, but that it's a, yeah, like, I think that's where I'm at is like, I love, I'm an auntie of many. It gives me great joy. Um, and I also think there's such wisdom in stepping into the river of time with another generation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of gifts that come from that. And it's a good investment as you age to have young people wanting to care for you, I think. But also it's like, you know, I, I would love to put that energy forward in whatever way. You know, mm-hmm. I and I've had friends that have had have decided to do this by themselves. 
I've I'm I've had friends that you know inevitably chose uh, adoption. I've had friends that um, you know definitely are partnered and you know, but they don't have a lot of resources, but they're making it work. And then I have friends that have tons of resources and they use surrogacy, you know, so it's like a very, wow, this is a wild, like you, you could, Ali, you could talk so many different ways about how people make their families. Oh my God. That's why the podcast people are like, is it just going to keep going? I'm like, you know, we're almost, we can have almost 200 episodes in and literally we've never repeated a story. You know, there's similarities, but I still interview people where I'm like, wow, haven't heard that one before. You know, like there's just so many ways to go about this or not, you know, like there's, and it's changing even by the year, the technology's changing, the medical breakthroughs are changing tests that you can have done. Like, it's just, it's kind of cool to be doing it in real time to see all this, these developments and innovations and, you know, just ways that you can go about building a family. It's, it's unreal. It's that's why this is so exciting to me still. Well, you, you, you're in flow. I sense that you're in flow. With oh, this. I like that term. <laughs> I do have my period right now too. <laughs> Me too. Do you? Oh my God. Yes. yes. Um, but like, I'm you know, really like, in flow. <laughs> yeah, we are really in flow. Um, but you know, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And actually I think that's where egg party also came from is cycles. Mm. Like what, where are, how do we honor cycles? And like, yes, I want to be 21 forever, but there's a wonderful cycle of womanhood that, you know, that is mother, that is, you know, and it's like, how do we step into that and mm. you know, really hear the rhythms of, of the body? And, uh, and so egg party, you'll see in some of the design choices, it's, it's a late, it's a late spring day. So meaning that these women are no longer in the early spring of their lives. They might be stepping into a deeper summer of their life. And yes, there might be a time of autumn that we discuss, and that will be our another, another podcast, you know, maybe when we have that Allie. Yeah, in, for sure. You know, in 20 years or whatever, but I, I am always seeking women mentors that are t- 10, 15, 20 years ahead of me to show me the way of how to elegantly bridge into that next cycle, because I think Hollywood, you know, I work in as an actor, Mm -hmm. such a youth-based culture that, you know, we need these kind of stories in the world that this, that is sexy and wonderful to just, you know, bridge into these, these pieces of our, of being a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. You have such a poetic way of speaking. Like it's so, it's so beautiful. And again, I can't wait to watch it again after we get off this call, because now I'm going to, I'm going to like absorb a totally different meaning. I feel like you'll also hear the music, which is done Mm. by my brother, by the way, shout out to the brother, bro, but, um, very, uh, and his husband who did the clarinet, I tell you, it's such a family affair this that's thing. so cool but the music is moving at a very high tempo it's because these women's lives are picking up you know time is of the essence and there is an anxiety around just like you know what's happening in their bodies and in their lives that make them suddenly feel like time is speeding up where like if so it feels a little you know like, oh, there's, there's time, like, you know, it just feels a little like, 
you know, late spring, you know, going into, you know, into summer. So that, that was something too, that I've been thinking about is Mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? I love it. And I think even, you know, it's so important that stories like this exist because you're getting the conversations going, right. You're like spurring, spurring along these conversations and making it more normal for people to, you know, if they see this film, they might say, Oh, I never even really thought about that. Or, Oh, you know, so-and-so had a miscarriage and I didn't know what to say. And now I feel like maybe I should say something, you know, just again, you know, I'm such a big advocate for talking and sharing if you feel comfortable, if you're that kind of person, but I think it's so cool that this could be kind of the catalyst for some of those really important conversations that need to be had. Well, thanks. And I I also believe that you seem to have a, a gift and allowing those spaces. Oh so, gosh. Good for you. What did you call it before we started? Something steward empathy. Ah, uh, yes. Trauma yes. steward. It's what did trauma, you trauma trauma steward? Trauma steward. There, I'm gonna put book, that on my There's resume. a book about my best friend who's a therapist. She it's a there's a book. She was like, You need to be, you need to read the trauma steward. Oh my God, I have to check that out. Because you know, people do want to come up and talk to me about wherever they are. And right. and I am so honored. And also at times ill-prepared because I have not necessarily had these, these, these crises yet, or may, may we all kind of be together because the truth is, is we're all in this together. Yeah. That's, those are the facts. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, well, this has been so cool to talk to you, you guys, everybody, please check out egg party. It's available online. I'm going to link it everywhere that I can, because I want as many people to see this important film as possible. It's, you know, it's kind of touches on the row crisis. It touches on, you know, sisterhood, motherhood, friends, miscarriage, infertility, egg freezing, pregnancy, women's health, maternal health, all the things. So, so much is packed into this under 10 minute film. I mean, what would you do with a full length movie? Like you, I can't even imagine how oh my heavens is that next. Um, I'm we're, we're looking, we're working on a number of things. Okay. Um, we'll always, I think my work now, the artistic question, I, I so believe in creating women's stories. So yes, that, that will be Kindred always. spirits, same yeah, that will here. Always be the undercurrent. Absolutely, absolutely. I realized because I'm like, how did I end up in this field? You know, I, I'm a journalist. A journalist. I started out in magazines, and I used to write about music and entertainment. And then I'm like, oh, I've always told stories. That's all I've ever wanted to do was tell stories. You know, my favorite thing to do is writing profiles about people and yes. telling their stories. So I'm like, oh, that, I guess it all makes sense. It was all kind of leading here anyway. The story is so healing. And I hope people continue to share their stories because you don't know who needs to hear it. Like that's been my shock is like, you don't know who's going to, who, who it might help. Right. And even the, the audience or someone that sees us might not even know that they need it until they need it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could awaken something in people too, which is pretty cool. So I think for those that are out, because I mean, we're all artists and when you're a woman and you're temp, you know, you're, you're, you're in your fertility question, you're a creative being. I mean, women are creative beings. And so it's not, you know, you just keep, you know, you be, you know, you have to be in the conversation of your own creativity, I think in your writing or your music or whatever you utilize to kind of manage the feels, you know, I think it helps. 
right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Definitely check out Egg Party. I'm going to have the link to it in both my social media and also in the show notes to this episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Kirsty. I feel like I made a friend for life. We really bonded over a lot of different stuff and she's so cool. So really proud of what she did with this film and can't wait to see what else is in the future. So check out her stuff. Also guys, as always, please check out Fertility Rally. This is the community I wish I had when I was going through it. We are thriving. We are growing. We have four support groups a week. We have three private Facebook groups. We have events. We actually have our big Fertility Rally live event coming up on October 22nd. And the big, big, big announcement is that tickets are free this time for the first time ever. This is our fifth time. We decided to make it as far reaching as possible. So we were able to you know, forego the cost of the tickets and everybody is welcome. So if you register for a ticket and entry into the event, you have 30 days to watch everything, but definitely come live if you can, because we have interactive chats, we have surprises, we have giveaways all day. So it's a really, really great event about uplifting each other, educating each other, inspiring each other, and just having a fucking awesome time. So that's Fertility Rally Live on 1022. It's a Saturday. And you can check out my social at Info Life Stories and the Fertility Rally social at Fertility Rally on Instagram for more info, for ticket links, all the stuff. So we hope to see you guys there. Spread the word. And thanks again for listening. Talk to you guys next time.